Wait a second, this still isn't Defender Radio. Of course not, it's the second episode of The End of Time and Other Bothers. You can head back to an earlier episode and hear the full interview with the cast, creators, and myself, and why I wanted to share this special show on my birthday week. Or just sit back, listen, and laugh away. More episodes can be found at iTunes, otherbothers.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Last time on The End of Time and Other Bothers. We don't have the correct files from that accident case last week. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. And that's a good day from Blatt. Longlet Boltius. Egerton, actually we need to spin this whole thing and come up with some great reason why it's a celebration. The large explosion. Yep. Celebration. Yes. There's nothing unusual in this museum. Right. Everything in this room is alien-like. Like it's like a joke. State name of appointee for interrogation. I was just supposed to come into work and serve people some mystery crap. And now I'm stuck in this room with a minotaur and I don't know what's going on. This is the end. Darcy, this is the event that ends everything. He pulls the trigger and this dart buries itself right into your chest. Ow! I don't see how this is helpful. Ow! What was that? It smells kind of funny. It's like a beetle. It's made of gleaming metal. It's like sharp pain into your arms as it latches in and grabs on. And then the world goes white. is a river. Everybody is like drops of water, carried along on the current, along different paths. These three strange people you have met, the fairy, the human, and the half-demon, they are drops of water, thrown up in the air like spray, and just happen to land up the river. Many centuries up the river, in fact. We open far above Fargoria. An eagle soars, and we go with her, circling lower and lower. A giant set of waterfalls in the distance catches a glint of the sun as we come in above a clearing. And there is a very large stone in the center of it that glows and flashes and the eagle banks away suddenly as Darcy appears in the center of the glade. Darcy, the world flashes and constricts in on you and then explodes apart and everything is swimming. The ground is moving and you suddenly feel under your hands soil. And it takes a few seconds for your vision to come back but you realize you are on a glade, on a slight knoll, and there is a perfect circle of straight white trees that go up into a stunningly blue sky, unlike any sky you've ever seen. And in the center of this circular glade is a very large stone, like as big as a bow gem truck, with a giant crack down the center of it. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Darcy pushes herself up slowly and looks around. Since she has only lived after the Balgamarian Revolution, has she ever seen anything like this in terms of greenery and vegetation? Darcy would have seen the very manicured gardens around the palace. And she would have been allowed into those? Yes, as long as you never picked or touched anything or broke anything. There were just constant gardeners moving around tending them. To see this grass beneath you might be a little strange. You would have seen small trees that were carefully pruned. These are massive, and they go up so high. And and the sky is sort of disconcerting, and it's not gray. So she's pushed herself up to her knees now, and I think just for a, a few seconds, she actually revels in this feeling of her hands on this earth and this grass that she's never really experienced because... If you got down on your knees in those gardens, I imagine you were prodded along pretty quickly. Yes, you were. So uh, she just takes a minute, and then she slowly gets up to her feet. And that's when you feel a sharp pain on your arm. Uh, The beetle detaches, uh, hits the ground, and scurries away. Wait, uh, uh, 
Where's, where's that minotaur? He- Hello? Are you still here? Hello, Mr. Minotaur? She goes to see where the beetle went, just in case there's any hope of following it. But I guess it's disappeared. Yeah, you lose it pretty quickly. It's off into the forest and grass. Now, you do see a path leading down from this knoll. And you see what looks to be a sign of some kind. When you first look at this sign, it's written in a strange language. And then it's like your your vision goes a little blurry and then clears and you can suddenly read the sign. And the sign is in old paint and it's peeling and it reads this way to paradox. The End of Time and Other Bothers. An improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard, with players Marisa King, Carter Siddle, and Michael Howey. Episode 2, The Academy of the Fallen, Part 1. Darcy, you crest a rise, and the path curves, and you see a log ahead, and there's what appears to be a man, a, a very short man, leaning against the log, and he's reading a book. Uh, so Darcy's first emotion is one of relief. There's finally someone here who might be able to help her. I run over. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. I, uh, can, uh, can you help me? Sorry, I'm just reading this right here. Right, I I can see that. I'm re- I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but it's just that I I don't know where I am or or what's happening, and and I'm wondering, do you live around here? Can, can you tell me where I am? Oh, yeah. It sounds like you need this book even more than me. And he closes the book and he hands it to you. What are you reading? And I take the book and I look at the cover. Again, it, at first it looks alien, and then it blurs and comes together, and you can read it, and it says, "My existential crisis." Uh, actually, I don't think I need a book. It gets really good by about page 30. Well, I might look at it later, and she clutches the book closer, but but right now I just need your help to know where I am. Oh, wow. You really do need that book. He stands up. He's like, this is the path to paradox, and this is a log on the way to the path to paradox. Okay, so... I guess Paradox is the nearest town? Now we're getting somewhere, and I'm here to take you there. I don't understand what's going on. Could you just tell me who you are and what's happening here? My name, sorry, is Cyrus. I'm your servant sent to fetch you with no regard for my feelings in the matter, I might add. Oh, uh... No, I'm not a noble person or anything. I think you have me confused with someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. I just need to get home. Yeah, well, just walk with me. Okay. So I start following him because he's the only lifeline I have in this world. You're still clutching the book. I am still clutching the book. I'll take you all the way to the school, and then I'll come back for the others, assuming there are any. I, I, I'm not going to any school. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Trust me, you'll want to go to the school. They'll be able to answer your questions. No one else will. All right, then, then just take me there. I think that's what we're doing. Right, m- maybe faster, a, l- a little faster? Okay, and he keeps going at the same speed. You crest the hill and you see ahead of you a massive valley that leads down and forward to a set of cliffs. The cliffs must be 300 feet tall, and even from here you can start to hear the roar of a waterfall that's pounding down into the valley. And nestled up right against that cliff and right against the side of that waterfall is a town. And even from here you can see that it's a town unlike any town you've ever seen before, Darcy. There are thatched roofs, and it looks like people milling about, and there's no vehicles or bow gem trucks or monorails. And that's what you see as Cyrus pauses beside you for a second and then 
tightens his backpack and heads down towards the town. Come along, we'll be there soon. And as you come into the town, you start to pass a pair of talking goats that are going the other way. And you see people taking what appears to be food in carts coming and going and there are new smells and you're starting to weave your way down towards the town and you're following the river and you see that the river curves around to the left and another river appears to the right side of the town and Cyrus is starting to lead you in and as you're getting closer the sound of the waterfall is growing and you're starting to also get a little wet there's like a light mist and it's almost overwhelming because it's not ordered it's not structured. There's people shouting and running around. And you see kids laughing and it, it's just chaos to you. And now it's getting really loud as you come up to the base of the cliff. It's hard to speak or be heard over the roar and you are getting soaked by the, the water coming off the falls. And he stops before a massive set of open gates and above them on the top, and this time you can read it right away, it says, the Academy of the Fallen. So first of all, I very carefully wrapped my extra centaur leg pieces around the book so that it doesn't get soaked like the rest of me is. And and I look up at this gate and I say to him, this really doesn't bode well. You're taking me to the Academy of the Fallen? What about the School for the Gifted? That would be a better name. What? I said, never mind. Is this the school? Huh? School, okay, just just keep going. He shakes, he just points, he points up the path. And I shrug my shoulders at him as if to say, are you not coming with me? He shakes his head and he goes to reach for the book. And I clutch it closer. He just slumps his shoulders and nods. And then he turns and starts walking back into town away from you. And you're standing in front of these gates that lead up to the school. And the the academy that you can see up the path is a three-story building that's uh, large sandstone blocks with strangely out-of-place gothic features. The arches are all those pointed arches, and it's got ornate towers coming off of it. So I have a moment of panic when he turns and walks away from he, but he said all the answers were here, so... I start marching up towards what looks like the biggest building. So we leave Darcy as she slumps her shoulders and starts walking up to the very large building on the grounds of the Academy of the Fallen. And we cut to the glade where the Fae Stone suddenly lights up and lightning strikes out of it at two places on the ground and the sound of an explosion ripples through the air and there are two bags in the center of the glade. And Blatt, you come to consciousness first. And you're a little constrained. And your vision is a little weird. You're not able to move your arm, one of your arms. You appear to be laying, wrapped in something. (laughs) (laughs) I need assistance. (laughs) And that's when there's a sharp pain in the center of your chest. heavens that's over as this large beetle pops off and starts scurrying around Uh, get away get the uh. it's scurrying around you and at your feet and it's starting to sort of come to you that you're you're wrapped you're in a maybe in a giant canvas bag oh it's like my fraternity days all over again uh well I guess that's what the pointy bits on my head are for. And I just start scraping my head against the top. Maybe I can cut my way 
free with uh, with my horns. Yeah, you you. It takes a little while, but one of them suddenly breaks through. You hear a ripping sound, and then the other one rips through. And it's just a big red head poking out of a bag in the middle of a giant field. You see that you are in a glade, and there's this very large stone in the center of it, and there's a very bright, bright, too bright blue sky. So I'll try to stand up to get completely free of the bag. Okay, so you manage to rip your way out, and the beetle scurries off. Get away! I throw the bag at it. And that's when you realize that there is another bag about eight to ten feet away. Why did the Minotaur put himself in a bag? That's strange. Hello? Minotaur! Approach the bag. I start kicking at it. It's what you get! Shooting me! Lousy Minotaur! Thought you could hide your identity by being in a bag! Well, take some of this! Then this! And this year! Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll dice. You've just taken seven points of damage. Do you like that? You lousy minotaur. Okay, so that is a that is a hit. So uh, <laughs> Carter, you just rolled an attack, so that's awesome. So that is a partial success. And so you managed to kick this bag pretty good, but you slip at the same time and fall onto this very strange spine <laughs> soft ground it sort of gives a little it's not like concrete or metal or baljolium or any of those other substances you know it's like it's like potting soil but a lot of it they could do so much gardening here but it looks like they have <laughs> so egerton you come awake being kicked <laughs> what's what's going on what 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 ow did I get kicked several times? That was the Minotaur. The Minotaur? What Minotaur? There's a Minotaur? Uh, you didn't see the Minotaur? I was giving a presentation. It was an excellent presentation I was giving, and then I was eating cakes, and then there was a, a pokey, and now now you're kicked. Why, why is a Minotaur kicking me? I would have thought they kick harder than that. He was a very weak Minotaur. Well, thank heavens for that. Who, who are, who are you, who are you, why, why, why is it dark? You're in a bag. Why am I in a bag? I don't like being in bags. You could just stand up. It's, oh. You should be able to free yourself quite easily. Oh, oh okay. So I, I stand up and poke my head out the top of the conveniently loosely tied bag. Okay. You are both standing in a perfectly circular glade with a very large stone. And to you, Blatt, it just looks like a massive stone with a giant crack through it. But for Egerton, it glows. <gasps> it is unlike anything you've ever felt or seen. And for some reason, though you've never even heard of one or seen one, you know that it is a fey stone. <sighs> the stone of fae. I'm sorry? What? Uh, you you muttered something there very dramatically. I, I'm not sure what you said. I, oh, I'm not dramatic. I don't think that was me. Uh, this stone is a very nice stone, wouldn't you say? Yes. And that's when you hear a whistling coming down the path. A rather sad-sounding song is being whistled, which is sort of unusual for a whistle. And it appears to be getting closer. This must be it. The Minotaur is coming back. My friend, you and I have been roofied by a minotaur. We'll have to stand here and stand our ground. What, what are, I'm already standing. I, we're ahead of the game. <laughs> so steal yourself. Ste how just, do I steal myself? I already am myself. Ready. Whoever did this to us may be coming, so prepare for the badness. I, I don't want badness. You're all, you already have badness. You're in a bag, and now you're in a field, and I it's don't care. It's actually a very nice field, though, it's and I quite like this field. stone. It's I kind of warm to the where touch, we are. and it shines, and I feel kind of loving and... You see a hat, the top of a head and a hat, start to crest up the trail leading into this glade. He was wearing a hat. 
Who was wearing a hat? The Minotaur was wearing a hat. He put me in a bag after shooting. You see this hole in my shirt? This is what yes. happened. Something similar happened to you, didn't it? I don't remember. I was giving a presentation, and I was nailing the presentation because, you see, there was this uh, extremely devastating explosion. Yes, and I, I know. We, we, we had to come up with a way to make it seem less bad. So what we decided to do was add less bad, add an exclamation point to it. And then it's... To an explosion? Yes, to the explosion. So it's, we're all going to be okay. And then there was a lot of bodies. But the steal bodies... Steal yourself! Someone's steal. coming! And... At this point, you realize that someone is standing at the other side of the glade where the trail is, Blatt. And he's about three and a half, four feet tall, rather curmudgeonly looking, older little person. And he says, Ah, oh, there were more of you. Okay, let's go. Um, cahoots. You're in cahoots with the Minotaur, aren't you? I think I had cahoots as a child. They were very tasty. I remember them being kind of purple with sprinkles on them. I'm not too sure if I've ever made them before. Yep. I could probably try. I see you were bag and tagged. Yes, we were bag and tagged, and something has obviously happened to this one's head. Sorry about the bag and tag. So could you perhaps tell us why we were bagged and or tagged, and where are we right now? Well... The first part of that question is pretty easy. Clearly, you didn't participate willingly. And I'm here to take you to Paradox. We interrupt this program with breaking news from Radio Balcomar. This is Percy Hugginsworth, live from the scene of the explosion earlier today in the center of Steadfast, and somebody from the Committee of State has just come on the scene and is giving a statement. We're joining the statement now, live. Well, hello, everybody. It's so nice of you to come out and see me. My name's Egerton, and I like to talk about the news, and I come up with ideas for the Committee of States to help them find better ways to tell things to people. Uh, excuse me, excuse yes, me, sir. Yes, Percy, yes. Percy Hugginsworth with Bagamar Radio. Uh, is there an official position on the explosion that shook the city but a few hours earlier? We are not aware of any such explosion that may or may not have taken place somewhere around this explosion site. Uh, uh, if you could just step aside, sorry, the, the paramedics are coming through to take away that body. We're still gathering facts, and we really don't want to send anyone into a panic. Right. Uh, so what is the official position on the reports that were made but an hour ago by a senior level official of the company who says we are at extreme risk of a second explosion? Extreme risk is really strong words. I have no evidence to suggest that there absolutely will be a second explosion. And really, anything can explode at any time. So there's no reason to think that another explosion would take place here. I mean, that's like saying that, I don't know, a minotaur travels through time. It's just not likely. Uh, and what can people do if they're, they're feeling worried about this non-existent explosion? The best thing to do when you're feeling worried is to eat fairy cakes. But if you don't happen to have any, you can go ahead and send positive vibes out into the world. So if, for instance, you're listening to a podcast right now, you could leave a very positive review and make sure you subscribe, which realistically you probably should have done already. And what should people do if they want to help rebuild the damage that's been done in downtown Steadfast? It's very important to make sure our infrastructure, which was not necessarily damaged by an alleged explosion, stay intact. And if people do want to make sure that Balgamar can continue forward strongly, they can support these efforts at patreon.com slash albasalix. Well, there you go, everyone. Percy Hugginsworth here, and you heard it live. Uh, so we're going to bring you updated news. Be sure to tell a friend uh, to tune in to Radio Balgamar every two weeks. We now return you to our regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress. So you guys are crest the, the hill, and you see a, the valley that we've already described stretching out in front of you, and you see a town in the distance nestled against a cliff that has a massive waterfall coming down right beside the town. And Blatt, this is when it hits you. This town has thatched roofs. You see what appears from this distance to maybe be a marketplace with vendors and stalls and... You see no technology or signs of technology at all. In fact, you probably see fires that are being lit for dinner. Um, my small friend, mm -hmm. uh, 
Is it possible once Wait, we- was that for me or your other small friend here? Smallest friend, is it possible- Now, are you speaking about stature or personality? Kidnapper! Okay, I'm clear. Is it possible when we get to Paradox that there is a speechifier that we could use? Mmm, speechifier. You don't know what a speechifier is, do you? Mm, can't say I've ever heard of that one. Never heard the word before. This is brand new information to you. Mm, yeah. What does it do? Nothing. It's not important. We are several centuries in the past. <laughs> now, was that for me? <laughs> Just a general observation. Please continue on. When you say several centuries in the past... Do you mean like there's some special new park nearby where they have made it several centuries in the past? We do have a nice park in town. Well, see, there you go. It's just a nice park. I don't think we're in old timeyville. No, I think this is actually a different era from whence we came. We came from this era? Well, we came from this era and that society advanced to the point that we were from. But no, this is not the era that we were born. They're setting fires in the streets. That happens sometimes. You know where I'm from? There's these explosions that happen every now and then. And someone has to file them. I wouldn't want that job. But every now and then I have to talk about them and make sure that people know everything's okay, even though these explosions keep happening. And I'm pretty good at it, actually. I think I might get a promotion from Karen and my co Karen's not born yet! What? I don't know who Karen is, but she hasn't been born yet. Karen's grandmother hasn't been born yet. There is no Karen. Forget about Karen. There's, a, there's excrement everywhere. Where this isn't where we're supposed to be. That was for him, right? Yes, that was for him. I'm sorry. I'm just very upset. I've been walking for 17 minutes. So you guys are into town, and uh, you're getting a fine mist all over you. You're getting quite damp, and and you're heading through this town. As you get closer, it's even more bizarre because as you're walking, you you start to notice things that can't happen. Like you see children playing. And unlike in Balgamar where there would be the same laughter but they'd be playing with a broken down truck axle. Here they're barefoot and they're running in the dirt of the road and there are lights spinning in the air around them and one of them giggles and lifts up into the air and is flying and the houses are thatched roof and made out of stone and there's not one hard angle or piece of obsidian glass it is just chaos and the smells are almost overwhelming and the sound of the falls are getting louder and louder I miss concrete so much what? Darcy you come up the main stairs and through a, a set of doors and they swing close behind you, and you are in a warm, well-lit hallway that leads forward with, with inlaid stones, and there's a T at the end where there's a giant staircase, and there's a hallway that leads left and right, and in the hallway that you're in, there's a, a couple doors on that hallway, and aside from just hearing the reverberation of the door closing behind you, it's, it's quiet, and the roar of the falls is diminished in here. Okay, so I pick out what looks to be the most ornate and closest door to me, and I head towards that to open it. Okay, so you step up to a door and you see it says admissions on it? Bingo. So I open the door and go in. Okay. You swing open the door, and you suddenly realize as you swing open the door and are halfway coming in the room that you're sort of stepping into one person's office right not a it's not like a counter or anything and you see it's a large office with inlaid paneling and tasteful paintings and it's very organized and sitting at the desk and somewhat startled is a tall woman well bless my stars uh, hi i i was I, I was brought here by a a little guy a, a halfling i think She's sort of looking at you, not quite sure about you kind of look. And you get a second to take her in. She is tall, thin, wearing black pleather pants, 
with a cream top and a blue and black tightly woven blazer that sort of sets off her auburn hair and her hazel eyes. Well, here I was thinking it was just going to be another boring day. Jankings. Strand Jankings is the name. She steps up and steps forward to shake your hand. So I'm, I'm a bit taken aback because she's, she's quite beautiful and charming, and I, I take that in, and it feels nice to see another woman. And I, I, I take her hand. I say, uh, hi, I, I, I'm, I'm Darcy. I'm Darcy Kimball. Please have a seat right here. And she pulls a chair up. And we need to get you out of them wet clothes. You you just wait, and I'm just going to grab a towel for a second. And she steps, opens a door off of her office, grabs a towel, and sort of comes forward and hands it to you. Uh, thank you. Perfect. And you see she has, like, five file folders on her desk. And she looks through, Darcy, Darcy, Darcy. And she pulls one out and goes, Ma, this is a big file you have here, Darcy. You've been up to quite a bit, I see. I don't understand. Why do you, why do you have a file on me? I don't come from around here. I I don't know you or this school. Totally understand. This is a lot to take in, but it's going to be fine. I I, I please we're, we're going to try and answer all your questions, but there's a few of you and it would be better if we could just answer them all at once at the briefing, but but I'll try to answer what I can right now. Uh maybe you could tell me what's going on. Do you know the Minotaur? Oh, yes I do. Greg? Yes. Lovely gentleman, one of our best hunters. A hunter? You, he was hunting me? Oh, were you bagged and tagged, or, or did you come through willingly? Uh, uh, there was a thing stuck through my skin, so if you call that willingly, maybe. But, uh, uh, yeah, he sent me through some kind of, I don't even know what it was. Right. I, I think it's a little bit much right now, probably, to do the, the admissions paperwork, and she closes the folder. I was being a little presumptuous. I'm sorry. Can I get you a cup of tea? Yeah, yeah, I think that, that'd be nice. Thank you. I'll ring for some tea and I'll go pick up right now. I'll pick up some clothes for you and we'll, we'll get you out of those wet clothes. I think just we'll take it one step at a time. Right. I, I, like, I like chamomile, please. That's, that's my favorite. She smiles and she rings a bell and then she goes out the door you came in. I'll be right back. And the door closes and you are in... <laughs> A large, gorgeous office with a single, very large sort of mahogany desk, um, like big enough to fit a centurion in, massive desk for this woman. So Darcy's still in shock. This is all way too much to take in. But she has enough presence of mind to lean over and grab her file and, and flip it open to see what it says in there. Okay. Love it. So you flip open the file and um, I'm not sure how Darcy's going to take it. You are looking at your kindergarten scores. You see photos of you. You see the centaur, your friend. It, it's a lot. And that's when the door opens behind you. Oh, I've got the tea. And this, it's like a demon, but tiny. You've never seen anything like it with glistening red and black skin and a long prehensile tail that's curled around a, a cup of tea. And he comes in, oh, who ordered the tea? Snaggle has tea. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. And, and, I, and I flip the file shut and I turn around. Oh, I, I think that's me. That's me. I, I ordered the tea. Huh? And he's just looking at you as his tail slowly lifts the tea up and over towards you. And I take the tea. I said, thank you. What, what's, what's your name again? Snaggle. Snaggle give tea. And he scurries back out the door. Oh, oh thank you. And the door swings immediately open again, and you hear her saying something. Oh, my. Thank you, Snaggle. And she comes in, and she's got a pile of clothes. And she goes, so you just take these, and when we take you by the briefing, we'll get you. And she stops, and she's just looking at you. And then she looks at the file that's in a slightly different position. And she looks back at you. I'm going to bring you on up to the briefing room, and we'll stop on the way and get you into some dry clothes. How's that sound, Darcy? Sure. We're going to get your questions answered and we can bring your tea. Thank you. And now I'm clutching the book and the tea <laughs> very closely and following her. The shattering happens. It has happened. And it will happen. It is always happening. Time ends. The river ends. 
We're back in Steadfast, high above the smog, coming in on a building of concrete and obsidian that is framed against the setting sun, and there is a figure on top of the roof, legs spread, leaning forward as if into a great wind, but there is no wind. There is but a wall of black destruction accelerating towards this building. The roar can be heard as it chews up buildings as if they are paper. And we see that this figure is a figure we know. It is the Minotaur. And he clenches his jaws and his fist tightens as he sets his stance firmer, staring down the end, his end, everyone's end, as it races towards him. But then he flinches and he turns fluidly and begins to run, shouting a word at the top of his lungs, Ananka. His hooves pound against the concrete as he races towards the edge of the building, the destruction on his heels. In a futile attempt, he reaches the edge and leaps with one last roar of strength as the blackness closes around and ends everything. Did I say time is a river? Time is not a river. This is stupid. River is river. Time is a lizard. A lizard which can lose its tail. And slowly, slowly, a new one can grow back. If the lizard is lucky. If the lizard knows a witch named Ananka. We cut back to outside the Academy of the Fallen, in Paradox, near the falls, and we see a rather large half-demon gentleman still talking to a smaller, flightless fairy, and they are still standing in the rain on the path that leads up to the school. My friend, I assure you, this is not old Tybeville. We're not in a theme park. We are in the past. Here's a test. And they have to be shouting. Here's how I know this. Long live Boltius. Long live Boltius. Yes, long live Boltius. Long live Boltius. Yes, long live Boltius. But there's... Long live Boltius. Yes, long live Boltius. But my point is no one else here knows who Boltius is because Boltius isn't alive. The Emperor's not alive? No. What did you do to him? I... I didn't do it. He hasn't been born yet. His descent, uh, ancestors, it, nothing is, there's no Boltius. Long live Boltius. No, yes, long live Boltius, except Boltius can't live long because Boltius hasn't been born yet. Then how did he win the war? A centaur cloppity clops past you and sort of like twists his whole torso as he's going past. Like, he's just watching you guys argue. Say it to him! Say, say it to him! He won't oh, know what you're talking lo- about! Long live Boltius, Centaur! Uh, what, what was that, young man? The, the Centaur turns around. Long live Boltius! Lo- long live your... What? Boltius! Lo- lo- well, I, I hope you have a long life too, young man! Say he knows. He, he does not know! He obviously doesn't know! He said long live, and I think he said Boltius after that. All right. It's raining. And I'm wet. I'm wet, too. Of course you're wet, too. Why don't we just go into whatever this Academy of the Fallen is, and um, we'll ask people inside if they know who Bolti is. Long live Bolti is. Yes, long live Bolti is. We cut to you guys inside the front door, dripping all over the stones as a woman is coming down the hallway towards you. Well. We have some more guests, I see. Excuse me, gentlemen. Uh, can I be of any long assistance? Long live Boltius! Yes, long live Boltius. See? What, she's just repeating. She doesn't no, know she what she's saying. she said it. She didn't even hesitate. She said it. She knows who a Boltius is. She wants him to live long because she's a good Bulgarian, just like I am. And I think that this proves everything that I've been saying. <laughs> Madam, do you know of Boltius? 
Oh, yes, I do, of course. Damn it! I don't know why you keep doubting all of this. It seems pretty obvious that this is just a special park that has been set up like old-timey town so we can all explore what life was like as hard as it was before <laughs> Boltius, long live Boltius, came along and won the war and made everything better for all of us. I'm afraid it's all in your file, young man. Now, I'm sure you all have a lot of questions. I'm assuming that by the looks of you, I'm assuming that you are black, and you must be Egerton. I am Egerton. It's very nice to meet you. Who are you? That was much shorter than I was expecting based on your file. So my name I is... I don't know why you'd say something like that. My file probably isn't too short. I don't have a file that I know of, but I do have a fairy pouch. My fairy pouch is always full of fairy treats because I spend a lot of time... Eh, there we go. Yeah, that makes it very clear. So first, I think it might want to get you dried off. So if uh, you'll come this way with me, I'm going to take you up to the briefing so we can get some of these questions answered. She takes you up, uh, stops and grabs two towels and hands them to you and then brings you to a door on the second floor, opens it, and you see the door says briefing room. And she gestures inside. Gentlemen, if you'll just have a seat, I believe this might be everyone. We might wait a few minutes to see if anyone else is going to arrive. And then I will let Mora know uh, to, to come on up that you are all waiting for the briefing. Thank you. And I sincerely hope that this is not a cult. Well, I'm sure we'll get that answered right away for you. Blatt? You, she gestures, you step into a room. There are about 12 chairs arranged in this room. It's a comfortable room, and there's a sort of a dais set up at the, at the front of the room, and you see that you are not alone in this room, and you see... Uh, a slight young woman curled up into one of the chairs. She's got spiky brown hair that's unkempt, and she's wearing loose-fitting clothes, and she's flipping through this book and dog-earing pages and uh, sipping tea. Now, why don't you try your long-live Boltius on her? Long-live Boltius! Long-live Boltius! See, I don't know why you keep doing this thing. It's pretty obvious to me that this, where we are is with Boltius because Balgamari and Stalin know wait, how wait. to say that. You, you know who what? Boltius is? Long-live Boltius. So you, you, you're from Balgamar? Of course we are. We're still in Balgamar. We're just in the old-timey park. Oh, my goodness. Thank Loxon. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so did you get here the same way I did? Were you in a bag? No, I, I wasn't. Then a... we came in a different fashion. <laughs> what? Do you know anything about this? Do you know why you're here? Well, my short friend here thinks that we're in an old-timey theme park where I assume there's some sort of a pestilence ride will be going on later. I feel that perhaps we've been brought back to an earlier era. Oh, we went back through time. That would make sense, because when I was going through the tunnel, it was like I was seeing everything all at once. Yes, yes, we, we must be back in time. That makes sense. And the door opens. A woman steps in in her late 40s, wearing a white blouse with maroon pinstripes, a loose dark tie, and glasses. She does the librarian look really well. Her hair is pulled back in a bun, and she walks to the front of the room. She has rather alert eyes. And she says, welcome, everyone. And I know you're going to have a lot of questions. So if you'll all just have a seat, please, if you all just sit down, we'll try and get through it uh, as quickly as we can. Long live Boltius. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Ah, you see? Ha, huh? told you. She, 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 she's busy. She's not paying that much attention. <sighs> she's probably staying in character. She snaps her fingers at you, says, sit, please. Oh, sorry, I'll sit down. You know, do you have a preference for where I sit down? Because I find that I can't she sit She points there. at a chair without okay. looking. I'll sit over there. Okay. We're going to play a game. Uh, it's going to be a slideshow game. So I'm going to uh, give the first slide. I have no idea what to say to it. I just made it up. I just wrote it down. And then the next slide, one of you is going to give me what the next slide is whenever you think of it or is appropriate. So uh, she presses a button, and on the screen behind her, Literally, you see like these all these like pixies and little things flying around, and all of a sudden something forms, and it says, "The Academy and you." Welcome, everyone. This is the Academy of the Fallen, which I assume you've all put that part together. The Academy has been here for <laughs> sorry, uh, well, tens of thousands of years, uh, but for your case, let's just say a long time. And traditionally, we would have around 500 to 600 knights and you know a variety of hunters and other roles operating out of this facility. 
and we are in the business of keeping the balance to reality. Any questions so far? Good. Uh, so let's go to the second slide. And she reaches to press a button. And the second slide is... The end of time and you. So as you all know, the end of time happened because you experienced it. That is the end of all reality. So I'm not sure what each of your experiences were, but I'm afraid that is the point now in the multiverse where everything ends. And for a rather unusual reason, you three, and perhaps two others that we're still attempting to locate, were pulled out into an alternate timeline as if something in the multiverse was attempting to save your three lives and it was delaying the inevitable. But even in your time streams, it will end. All time ends. Now, the exact time is up to some debate depending on which time stream you are in, but we've unified it to the unified event, which is, as you'll see here, 1.15 p.m. Empire time, the 23rd day of the 32nd year of Boltius. I put that in as a reference so you could get it. Long live Boltius. Long live Boltius. You are now, as you may have figured out, not at the end of time. So we have brought you to a, a different time. And she goes to press a button to bring up the next slide. And it's another bit of text. Welcome to the past. <laughs> I love this slide. Welcome to the past. So, really, it's your futures because you're still working in linear time. However, you are about 17 or 18 generations from where you were a day ago. And you just hear a teacup smash on the ground as Darcy just <laughs> drops the tea now. So technically you're in the past. Uh, so that was important because if we had left you in your timelines, what would have happened? Our deaths. Very good, Blatt. It is Blatt, yes? Sorry, I'm still yeah. getting the files. Up yes, to I'm. Vlad, I'm one of the survivors of the upcoming time apocalypse. And, and my apologies if I missed the, on the opening slide. My name is Moira. Uh, yes, at this point, you're in a place called Farloria. We neighbor with Balgamar, which you know. Balgamar and Farloria are somewhat peaceful kingdoms. And in the continent, there are a number of kingdoms. Uh, I know that in your future, there is just Balgamar everywhere. Okay, good. Let's move on. Next slide. It's text with children playing and such, and it's fun things to do while in Farloria. Love it. Oh, so here we are. Fun things to do while you're in Farloria. So we have pubs, and we have a lot of nature. Oh, and there's magic. So because of a variety of things that happened, most magic was removed from your world or your future. However, in this time, uh, magic does exist, and we use it to do things like this, and she points at the slideshow, and things like the running water and other things that we have in this period. Next slide. The next slide is simply <laughs> an explanation that says, yes, the water runs by magic. Neat, huh? I built this slide myself. I love the transition. Oh, sorry. Okay. And we'll go to the final slide, everyone. She presses the button. And this one says, with sort of a little uh, halfling who looks kind of sad and grumpy, fun's over, time to save the world. Right. So this is why we're here. We need your help. My sisters and I have a new plan. The last plan didn't end so well because time ended. So... The purpose of the School of the Fallen is to maintain the balance of reality. And we fight what we call the Shattering. Some call it the Beast. The Shattering's a more appropriate name. And in our heyday, we had all the knights that I talked about running through the school that were working to fight and hold back the Shattering. However, as you now know, it all failed, and the Shattering has won. And the Shattering won't just stay in that future time. 
The shattering will continue to grow that event horizon in all directions and will consume all of reality. So we have created a breather, a place where we have time to regroup. Now, not everyone in our organization is on board with this new plan. Some feel like the end has happened, but we believe very strongly and we will show you how there is a way to stop the shattering. But we need you three. It's critical. There is some reason that you were held back from the event. Some agency has moved and we're still putting all the pieces together. But we are here to help you and to nurture you and to work together to hold the shattering back. And she presses the button and it says, the end. Well, it's my first time doing that presentation. Thank you all very much. Um, Now, are there any last questions? So Darcy's brain about three minutes ago said, you can stay here, but I'm leaving. And then just close the door. And so she's just humming quietly the Balgamarian anthem. Egerton hears this and stands up and puts a hand over his heart and begins to sing along. Oh, Boltius, you are great and wise, and we thank you for being our emperor and other things that are good. And then Blad just passes out. <laughs> well, I think that went pretty well, actually. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard, with Marisa King as Darcy, Carter Siddle as Blatt, and Michael Howie as Egerton. You also heard Maggie Makar as Ananka. Additional material and sound design by Eli McElveen. Story consultant, Laura Packer. Game consultant, Stephen Smith. Join our Patreon for behind-the-scenes information, access to our Discord server, and lots more. You'll find it all at otherbothers.com. We open far above Fargoria. Was it an eagle, a hawk? I can't figure out. No, I don't know if it matters. I was like, can an eagle? I guess it could be an eagle could be female. Okay. Of course they can. Where do baby eagles come from? I don't know. I love how my lack of sleep will not affect my performance at all. Are there such a thing as female eagles? Is that a thing?